Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Dino H. Carter. He is founder at Branding. He's also the branding whisperer. We're going to talk to him about branding in cannabis. I think, as most people know, a little bit of a challenge in terms of branding and connecting with consumers, connecting with audience. Lots of interesting kind of regulatory restrictions, a lot of kind of platforms and normal kind of strategies that people would use that are not available in cannabis. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and really just talk about strategy. Like, what does it really take to create a great brand and a great cannabis brand? And uh, hopefully a couple of takeaways for folks that are in the cannabis industry looking to figure out how to level up their business, level up their brand. So with that, Dino, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. It's a pleasure. Before we kind of dig into what you're doing today in cannabis and branding, let's get a little background. How did you get into the space? How did you get into branding? Give us the journey you've been on. Sure thing. Well, I started working in marketing 25, almost 26 years ago. So we're talking about old school. There was no fast internet. There was no e-com. I mean, I remember those days when we were talking about e-commerce and if it will work. And everyone said, no, people will never buy online. People need to build a sweater. Well, things have changed. 
So I, I've done pretty much everything. I started in PR. I was fortunate to work with uh, Levi's and uh, other companies. And I then continued with MTV Europe. I did merchandising and licensing, uh, some of the biggest uh, properties, including uh, Dora the Explorer. Oh, and, yeah. uh, my, daughter, Sponge- my daughter would love you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that I made a few cents out of your pocket. Oh, uh, yes. Quite, quite a few. <laughs> I learned so much. I love to I love to learn all the time. So I yeah. always open my eyes and ears and uh, try to learn from my mistakes, try to learn from other people's mistakes. I can tell you that I learned a lot working with both brand names like Levi's, MTV, Alfa Romeo, OCB, the first luxury rolling papers, which I'm sure everybody knows, and yep. the moms and pops and, and the small ones. And... At the end of the day, after so many years, I noticed that, hey, everyone's making the same mistakes. So for me, you know, I worked in marketing for years and then I added design and web design, graphic design, branding, all of those expertise, which I started in about 2008 to actually design myself and develop and all that. And then when I saw that everyone's having and making the same mistakes, that's where I can come handy. Because as easy as it is now to start a business, I mean, really, you don't need an office. You just need high. You just (laughs) need If you had an office, you'd be behind uh, behind the starting line. Yeah, you don't do offices anymore. I mean, and all you need is fast internet. But the thing is that because of that and because of Amazon, because of mobile com and e-com, and so there's so much of the same. Everything that you're selling someone else sells as well probably for less money and even more than that and this is something that people mainly the amazing people in the cannabis space forget it's a competition with some very smart business people it's not like it used to be back in the days so the suits entered the cannabis business and they know how to market they know how to sell they know how to manage they know all of this stuff and they look at things with the right perception Mm -hmm. and people that evolved from let's say being a cultivator to having their own business they just don't look at things the right way they make weird mistakes just like you said in the beginning The regular elements and advertising and marketing campaigns that every other uh, industry has in its disposal to promote itself, the cannabis don't. Yeah. And it's a problem. But there's a way to work on it. Yeah. I'm just curious. curious. What actually got you into cannabis? I mean, was it just, um, you know, interesting market? Was there, you know, some interesting opportunity? I mean, I always find there's a little bit of a story when people start working in the cannabis space. I was the biggest stoner in the world. (laughs) The truth comes out. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm old school. I'm, I'm, you know, the minute it's got to be like, you know, not a crime. Yeah. (laughs) The minute my grandma knows what's weed. Yeah. For me, it's not, uh, it's probably the the fact that I have every bone in my body is a rebel bone. So I stopped using it. I stopped, like, that's it. I don't do it anymore. I don't need it. I don't want to. No edible, no nothing. And then 
the owner of Spectrum King about seven years ago. He knows someone who knows me. He needed some help with their marketing and stuff. And uh, he called me. We hit it off because I work with people. So if I, if it's people, there's no alignment between me and my clients. I, mm-hmm. I'd rather not work with them. But once we hit it off, and that's it. That's how it starts. Yeah. yeah and uh, what did you notice? I mean, I, obviously, you know, a lot of very deep professional experience in other industries. Getting into cannabis, what was, I guess, what was kind of, what was surprising? Like, what translated? What didn't translate? What was surprising? What, what did you have to, how did you have to kind of pivot to be able to operate in cannabis effectively? So I didn't really need to pivot myself. I help pivoting the mindset and the management style of my clients. Mm -hmm. After 25 years in marketing, I developed a framework that can help any business, regardless of the industry, regardless of the size of the business, as long as this business is about legacy, if you will, even though it's a big word. But mm-hmm. if you just want to sell stuff on eBay or on Amazon, we shouldn't work together. And I just don't do that because I don't like it. Yeah. I can sell everything. I can help you have better sales. But when it's just to make a buck and it doesn't really matter, you don't really care what you sell. Today you sell socks, tomorrow you sell books, whatever it is, I don't get a thrill out of it. But building a brand and growing a business and you can see the, a business that, you know, you can see the growth and you can see the numbers. That's where I really shine and I really like. So it doesn't matter what you sell in my framework. That's why I work with so many different businesses. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of my focus is on cannabis because it's an industry that I really like to help. Mm-hmm. That's why I speak in many uh, events and all of that. And people in the cannabis industry, most of them are such entrepreneurs at heart, go-getters. You know, okay, I can't do it this way. I will find a way to do that. And this is something that resonates with me because that's the way I am. So I like this. And of course, sticking up to the man, you know. Um, <laughs> little added bonus there <laughs> yeah but uh i have the i think that the biggest issue that i have is and i think it's a problem with the industry i think the biggest problem of the cannabis industry is cannabis yeah if you hit the bong it's at 8 a.m and and go into a board meeting i don't know if this meeting will be <laughs> quite as productive <laughs> Yeah, it might be 70% productive, but it will not be 100% productive. And probably someone will forget everything that happened in that meeting. <laughs> Do we and then, yesterday? Yeah, exactly. Because I get a lot of, I don't recall. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, we talked about it yesterday, but it's okay. Here's the email that I sent you. Like Everything, I, everything in emails. Yeah, exactly. Always send a follow-up email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, let's talk about branding and branding strategy a little bit, because I think that's, I mean, A, I think it's uh, its hard, uh, and B, I mean, it sounds like you've you have spent quite a bit of time thinking about this, working with brands, developing strategy. What's kind of your take? I guess, what's the take? What's the process that you use to help build a brand, help companies build their brand? Give us some insights. 
Sure. So, so before you even build a brand and branding itself, which is an execution of the brand strategy, I use brand-focused marketing as a framework, as a mindset. And that's the first thing that I teach the teams that I work with and, and my clients. A brand is not the name of your company or the logo. A brand is an emotion. A brand is a vibe. And it's the emotion or vibe that people have towards your business. You cannot control the brand because the brand is in your consumer's mind or gut. It's what they feel when they see your logo or your product or your ad or your social media. When you watch a Nike ad, you feel something. When you see Harley Davidson logo, you feel something. When you see Papa and Barkley, you have a vibe. Now, why did I say Papa and Barkley? Because there is no brand loyalty and only brand recognition just starting in that space, in the cannabis space. And brand loyalty is pretty much there is no brand loyalty. Papa and Barkley does. Why? Because they had brand-focused marketing. So what does it mean? How, how can we base all of our marketing and decision-making process in the company on a brand? So you need to think, if my business or if my product was a person, who would it be? Mm. And then you start building this person and you need to see that this person is aligned with the personality of your target audience. So I, I like that idea, or I'm, I'm kind of, you know, pondering this idea that the brand, it's kind of a personification of the brand, right? Like exactly. the more that you can think of the brand as a person, you know, we relate to people. We have all sorts of, you know, biological functions that relate to people. So if we can kind of tie into that system that's already there of relationship with people and then and build a brand around that. But but how do you go about doing that? Like what, what are the elements of a person, the elements of personality, the elements of a brand that you need to kind of identify or, or create in order for this to actually work? Well, the idea is to help your consumers with their buying decisions. And as you said, people connect to people. So we need to think not only the demographics of our brand or the demographics of our customer base, we need to think about psychographics. What makes them tick? Mm -hmm. What are they afraid of? What are their pain points? What are their needs? How can you make their day better? And if everyone in cannabis says that they have the best shit, well, there's no differentiation. Yeah. But everyone still saying the same thing. So you're trying to sell the same thing to the same people with the same tagline or with the same reason why you should care. Yeah. And then you don't understand why they don't care and why the people go to the dispensary if this dispensary has 25% on this or that brand or this or that product. Yeah, just monetize at that point. Exactly. So you need to think how my product can make a better day and help my customers with their pain points and needs. For example, 
let's say that you sell hemp, CBD, whatever it is, but it's medical and it's for joint pain. Okay, so you decide to focus on that as your differentiation. My my brand is all about helping you with your pain. So instead of showing the flower, instead of showing in your ads bud porn and talk about weed and cannabis and all that, talk about pain relief. Talk about show a photo of a grandpa holding his grandson and has no pain in his joints. Show where you can get them to. Show how you can solve their problems and show them that if they will use your product, it will make them think positively about themselves. Every decision that we make is about ourselves, is about how we think about ourselves, including how people think about us. When you wear a specific clothing, when you buy a specific smartphone or earbuds, when you buy a specific car, you buy it because people see you and they think about you something and you want them to think about you X and everything you buy and everything you do in your life is so you can feel something specific about yourself. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. That's why I buy Patagonia over Mountain Hardware or something. It's because, you know, there's an association to the brand. I mean, the products are virtually identical. But yeah, there's yeah exactly. Definitely. Think about the first days when, when there was Prius in the market and then Tesla came along. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of the same thing. Of course, this one is hybrid. This one is electric. But it's yeah. it's not about that. Yeah. And they're so different, extremely different brands. One sells fast, sexy, successful, mm-hmm. expensive. The other one sells sustainability, cheap. You will not spend a lot of money with that. Mm-hmm. And that's. That's like great idea to think if you're in cannabis because they pretty much sell the same thing, but they're totally different. So Prius, their marketing has a specific voice and a specific tone of voice, while yeah. Tesla has a totally different voice. And that's why Prius is successful and Tesla is successful. Only X kind of people by the Prius and only why kind of people that the sexiness and thinking, hey, people will see me in the Tesla. It it shows that I have money, that I made it, that I can do it. Others in Prius, I ride a Prius, people see me and they see that I help the environment. Yeah. Yeah. This whole branding thing is fascinating. What did I, I came across one couple of weeks ago. It's a new water brand. Uh, I think it's Liquid Death. Have you come across yeah. this? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, yeah. it's water. <laughs> like, a, how much more of a commodity can you get? But it really just, uh, like, the the whole idea of creating a set of values, uh, a whole kind of almost lifestyle kind of component to this, like, it's just the the essence of brand. Um, and I, I love giving that case study to folks or that that example to folks. If it's, that, that's what branding is, right? Like, there's yeah. the, the thing itself is neutral and commodity, but it's what you do with it, what, what connect values you attach to it. Just like uh, Fiji water, 
if we talk okay. about bottled water, oh, their brand is so specific. Think about that their TV ad, it's a little girl that talks about how humans fucked up the environment and Fiji is yep. pure and it brings you to that. So, of course, they, you know, it costs more because people will buy it regardless of the price. That's yep. good branding. That's good marketing. Yep. That's what I always try to do. Don't make it about the price. When you set your website and immediately I get a pop-up, take 15% off your first. Oh, God, yeah. I, that's it. You made me focus on the price forever when I deal with your product. So I will always want uh, a discount. I will buy from you probably once using that code and I will wait for the next time until I get another code from you. The whole okay. idea is not making it about the money. People don't really, when it comes, not, not to commodity, but when it comes to brands, take Apple and Apples. Apples is a commodity and you buy based on price because you yep. can find apples anywhere. So you say, okay, this is uh, two cents per gram and this is five cents for, per gram. I will take the two cents. Yeah. But Apple, the brand, and why Apple is a brand? Apple is a brand because when I say Apple or when you see an iPhone or a Mac, you have a feeling. Either you like it or you hate it. Yeah. But you have a feeling and you will buy an Apple device in spite of the price, not based on the price. That's the best understanding of commodity versus branding. Yeah. And so let's talk about cannabis. I mean, where are we in terms of branding and cannabis? I, I just It feels like, you know, for the last five, six, seven years... You know, everything, you know, branding has essentially been your THC percentage, right? Like, it's just <laughs> like, how, how, much, how much high can I yeah. pack into a gram? Like, what have you been seeing? What's the trend? What, tell us a little bit about your insights on branding in the cannabis space. Well, I think that there's some kind of a stagnation over the last year or two. Everything feels kind of the same. Branding works. Some are amazing. And I'm talking about, you know, from the brand identity, websites, logos, to packaging, Packaging in the cannabis industry is one of the coolest things, like really. But it feels like everyone's trying to do the same with the same things for the same people. And only those who have been here enough time and extremely focused on getting touch their customers, those are the companies that really that really grow. Um, me and other marketers in the in the industry, we think that 2022 might start some kind of um, a more mature space. A lot of the brands or the companies will crash, and we will not see them again. Yeah. On the other hand, maybe some brands will actually start to be brands that people buy only them so there will be loyalty people will go and get only this and from a little research in-house riches that we did there are maybe four brands that are extremely well known and have brand loyalty which means people buy only that and if you don't have that they will not buy it 
Yeah. And what are the elements? I mean, if you look at cannabis as kind of a, a, a type of product, I mean, what do you see this as like a consumer good? Is this a, as a health product? Is this lifestyle? I mean, is there, are you seeing kind of how cannabis is kind of being categorized and does that change the brand strategy at all? Give us a little insight. Yeah, I, I see it as consumer goods. I think in the next few years, hopefully it will be federally legal and this will change everything so it will be really medical or consumer goods some of the biggest brands retailers in in america are trying to figure out how to make money out of it there are lots of deals but many of the deals were signed but nothing happened because people are afraid yeah which i get but i think that it will it will change of course i think that the both the medical and the recreational will really, really grow and be more and more consumer goods. So you, you need to think like a consumer goods company, but don't tell yourself stories or think that you can manage your business like other regular consumer goods companies. There's something about, I don't know why, but a lot in the a lot of people in the in the business, they have all sorts of success stories that they heard, you know, Ford and Procter and Gamble and stuff like that, but they don't really understand that it's definitely not the same. And forget about what Ford did because the world is extremely different. People are extremely different than yeah. what Ford could have done. I mean, the, don't get me started about this guy. <laughs> And on the other hand, if you think about big brands and if you talk about, you know, Coca-Cola and Procter and & Gamble and stuff like that, you if you're not into marketing, you don't really understand what happens there. I can tell you that, for instance, Coca-Cola, and it's it was like a thing with marketers. When social media started, Facebook started and everything, Coca-Cola, the biggest brand in the world, couldn't really hit it off. Mm-hmm. Their social media didn't work well at all. It took them years and a new amazing CEO, he's not new now, but he changed everything in Coca-Cola to be focused on the brand, on the feeling, to be focused on the consumer and not on the product itself. Procter & Gamble, two and a half years ago, decided to be consumer-centric and not product-centric. Now, if you're not a marketer, you don't know that. You don't know. It was like a thing. It was a headline two and a half years ago that Procter & Gamble are going to change their strategy to be consumer-centric. It's not about you. It's not about the product. Nobody care about your product. People care about themselves. So when you're trying to promote your product and you just care about your product and making a sale, you will not sell. But if you will try to promote your product by focusing on the people, on your consumers, on your clients, on making their day better and not trying to push and sell, that's when you will start selling. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of that the irony. The irony of the it's hard. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard. I see, for instance, you know, email marketing. So everybody knows they need to send newsletters and do email marketing, but they don't really invest the time in it. And they just, every time they have a sale, so they send newsletters. They send you newsletters with uh, promos. Like everything is like sell, 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 sell. 
So I had a client that had great traffic here in LA, like very fashionably, great consumer base, but they didn't sell anything on their newsletters and emails. The open rate was, I think, six or something like that, which is really, really low. Open rate below, you know, two digits is very low. You're doing something wrong. You need to change something. Yeah. And then I started working with him and changed his mindset. And on the first email that we sent, it was already 15% open rate. So we doubled that and we started selling through the newsletter because I was like, dude, stop trying to sell. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he started selling. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works. If you're in cannabis, like what are the things you really need to be thinking about if you're a cannabis brand or a cannabis company looking to develop a brand? Like what are the first steps? What are the things that you recommend to kind of help people get a grasp on this? I think that ask yourself why is the most important step that you can do right now, mainly in such saturated industry. So think why would they buy my product? And if you can't really answer it from a deep level, don't tell me because my oil is better. Because <laughs> everyone says that their oil is better. Don't tell me that it's not about the features of your weed. It's the why of the consumer. So if you can't find that differentiation, I wouldn't go into that. Yeah. Like, Please do not. I've seen so many amazing people starting a business, a cannabis business, and either they lost their pants or they're still making, I don't know, four or $5,000 a month Yeah, and working very hard for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Not, not as passive income. <laughs> right. And it doesn't matter what you do in the industry, really. You can be ancillary or you can grow. But you can see that those that are kind of stuck or stagnate or don't grow, they all make the same mistakes. They all hard asses. They only think, how am I going to sell? Yeah. Dino, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? Best way is either uh, look me on LinkedIn or just go to dinohcarter.com. And actually, if we were talking about all of those strategy and everything, yeah. I have a, a free download for, for you guys, all the listeners. It's actually a worksheet that I use with my clients. It really helps start moving those intangible thinking, brand-focused marketing. So I will have a link and you guys can download it and um, just see those questions and see that there are all about the people and all about the why and all about emotions. Excellent. Yeah, I'll make sure the links are all in the show notes so people can get that. Dino, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. I had a great time, Bruce. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.